Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the film Serendipity. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do listen without having seen it, just be aware there may be spoilers. Enjoy. Renfield 2023 Nicholas Cage as Dracula Nicholas Holt as Renfield is a kind of modern goofy take on Dracula Dracula for the TikTok generation but with Nicholas Cage and you know this looks like exactly the kind of bullshit that we would come up with on this show and it just brings me so much joy that on more than one occasion now I've had that thought and I've watched a trailer and gone wow that really resonates with me more than it would have done before thanks to having had been doing this show for, with you for such a long time. See, I'm not saying it as well this time. Second time around, you can't, you can't fake it, can you? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, um, technical issues, always fun. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it, it's, it's brilliant, isn't it, that we're getting all of these movies. We've got Nicolas Cage as the Dracula. In fact, I'm, I'm just going to repeat myself from what I missed when the recording messed up. The plural of vampires is Dracula. A Dracula of vampires. A Dracula of vampires. Like a murder of crows. Yep. It's a Dracula of vampires. That is, we both, we're both English and creative writing students. Masters, in fact. And you've got a PhD in being a cool dude. Yep. In the, in the realm of, of English and literature. So when we say these things, you know that they're true. That, that's the power that a master's gives We're you. We're legit. That a, a PhD gives you. We are legit. We, we form the future of language and the past of language. And we're here to tell you that a plural of vampires is a Dracula of vampires. You heard it here first. And, and that's what Nicolas Cage is. He is a Dracula of vampires in one man. He is every vampire ever in one beautiful man. <laughs> in one wonderful man. And yes, yeah, so this movie, it looks incredible um renfield i'm really here for it it does look like something that would be a big boys production and maybe those of you haven't listened to us for too long or or maybe haven't heard you know maybe this is the first episode every so often generally i come up with a really stupid film idea and then then paddy humors me for 15 minutes whilst we talk about (laughs) i like to think that i augment Um, it Um, And often these are the silliest ideas ever. But what we've been seeing in the last couple of years in particular is some of these nonsense movies that we've made up uh, are just a a hair's breadth away from being reality. So we've got a zany horror comedy about Renfield going to a a support group for people who deal with narcissistic family members. (laughs) And he's talking about Dracula and then him being given superpowers by Dracula and kung fuing robbers in a shop amazing we've got adam driver going back in time and shooting dinosaurs in the face also amazing (laughs) yeah if you if you haven't listened to this show before haven't heard any of our ideas our ideas before i'll put the link in the show notes to wizard cop there's a clip on our soundcloud of us talking about wizard cop i'm sure is our best our best one although i've been a fan of all of them over the years been, there's been some there's been some great gems in there. We've got Warhammer Hearts, yeah. the rom-com about people who love Warhammer. <laughs> My favourite's still Opposite Day, I think. That's a real classic. Oh, opposite, thing is, Opposite Day could be a legitimate movie, like we said. We've had, you know, there's going to be someone, some, some exec in Hollywood sitting there with a cigar thinking, hmm, what can we do that's a bit like The Purge but isn't a rip-off of The Purge? Yeah. And then they're going to think, what if one day a year, everything's opposite? Well, there is actually a film called Opposite Day from 2009, which stars Paulie Shaw, whose name I only know because he was made fun of on The Simpsons, like probably half of American (laughs) actors. But yeah, let's see. Plot. When young Samuel Benson gets embarrassed that parents are making rules, he starts to wish that kids ruled the world. Sammy is told by his grandmother before sleep that he can wish to a wishing star. He wishes one wish. I wish that kids rule the world. 
When Sammy and his sister find a surprising secret, the whole world has changed. All adults act like young children, and children become the important people of the world. Well, that's not quite it, is it? That's, that's no, not even that's halfway a towards too... a real opposite day. Boo this film. That's a bit too... <laughs> that's far too light-hearted. That's just like the Haribo adverts from a few years ago, but for 90 minutes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 88 um... <laughs> minutes. Paulie Shaw was in Biodome, wasn't he? That's what he was famous for. Where two idiot stoners get stuck in a in one of those bubble domes. <laughs> um, oh, is this is that, this that, one of those? That's legitimately the. This plot. looks like one of those stoner films, like How High. This looks like a precursor to How High. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, the film and, has uh, themes of in, Calif- <laughs> the film has themes of environmentalism combined with drug use, sexual innuendo, and toilet humor. <laughs> And then he's also in um, Encino Man, or also known as California Man, which is a movie where um, Sean Astin and Paulie Shaw, they find a frozen caveman, uh, played by Brendan Fraser, in their what? garden. <laughs> and then hijinks ensue when he gets brought into... Have you have you not heard of this film? I have film not before? heard of this film. That is a great concept. It's a brilliant slash terrible movie. It's, yeah, um, well worth well worth it. Um, yeah, it's it's really good. What was there was a stoner comedy the other year that I actually kind of enjoyed, um, called Your Highness. Did you ever hear about uh, that? Vaguely rings a bell, but I can't remember anything about so it. So Your Highness was a stoner comedy through Lord of the Rings. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so, yeah. So um, it's about uh, Danny McBride is this stoner prince, and then I think his brother is the like one who's actually the heir to the throne, played by James Franco. And then they 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 go on an adventure and like fight a minotaur and everything. Oh, and Zoe Deschanel it's all filmed through the framing. Justin Theroux, yeah, and Natalie Portman. <laughs> it's got an amazing what? cast of people, um, and it's really good fun. But yeah, it's basically a fantasy movie through the lens of a stoner comedy. It's it's far better than people give it credit for it was truly truly stupid i'm charles dance i this i have to see this looks great (laughs) i'll tell tell you what i was going to pick i had something in mind for the next episode but i'll make a note of it and shall we do shall we do your highness yeah that seems the kind exactly up our street a film from 12 years ago that nobody remembers (laughs) (laughs) nobody remembers made zero money and everybody hated who did see it that's exactly the kind that is right up my alley It was also it was it was directed by David Gordon Green, um, who did um, uh, he did Pineapple Express, the stoner comedy, but then he's shifted to doing the Halloween reboot oh, okay. movies slash re- slash sequels. Um, so yeah, he's 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 had a really varied career. Some of it very very well received, but yeah, Your Highness, box office bomb, everyone hated it. I genuinely found it quite funny. excellent. Oh, is is so, it yeah, a bit like um, a bit like Holmes and Watson, then a kind of universally hated yeah, film that yeah, we love? Exactly. <laughs> well, I won't say that we'll love because you might also despise it, but um, <laughs> but I seem to remember it being quite funny and and very very stupid. So I'm I'm here for it. Um, so yeah, okay, that's what we'll do next. We'll do Your Highness next. But this week we have a actually good film. Yeah. I, I, think I think so. Can maybe say, yeah, and this is the kind of supposed to be the last of our Christmas films. It's not really a Christmas film, but it was kind of one that has a bit of Christmas in it. So that's our transition out into the into the new year with a film that's better than New Year's Eve. So you know, just to bring that one up again. <laughs> oh, New Year's Eve! Thank you for bringing that up. Oh, I just oh, that film. So <laughs> it's ruined my life. Yeah, I think about it every New Year's Eve, and I and then I cry. <laughs> where there was there's one plot line with Zac Efron the Efronator and Michelle Pfeiffer that, yeah. that could have been amazing if that was just the plot of the film and then they added in all of these other random things to make it a, an ensemble film it's like no you could have just had Zac Efron and Michelle Pfeiffer falling in love yeah I don't care about Hilary Swank and her great. dad in hospital whatever I don't care about Rachel from Glee getting stuck in a lift and the guy the guy at war the guy in the guy at war that was the other one wasn't there Oh yeah, there's a man, a military man, crying on a Zoom call to his family. Yeah, that's right. Whereas there's there's none of that 
complicated nonsense here with serendipity. Instead, you get a. It's like a. It reminds me. This is a very odd similar like comparison to make, but an American Tale, the Fivefold movie. There are no cats in America, you, and the streets are paved with cheese. I loved it when John Cusack sang that <laughs> yeah. one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know how in that film. There's all of these moments of near serendipity where they nearly meet one another again. Yes, that's right. Yeah. I remember as a kid being genuinely really moved by that. And genuinely, you know, when you're... Now that we are the age that we are, we have a sense of how stories work. And of of how how stories Mm. are put together, how narratives work. And I think that was a formative narrative for me in terms of thinking about serendipity as the concept. And, you know, consequences and you know the consequence of things happening or not happening and things coming together or not coming together and it's just yeah i think as a kid that really blew my mind and that that film still makes me cry yeah and that's the thing is it was a really you know for a kids movie that was um you know a real revelation when you're like oh my god they're so close and they're doing stuff together and it like builds that tension and and really helps drive that movie and really bring that emotional attachment. Which obviously what was going through in my head when I was a kid, not just, oh no, cute mouse, nearly not with family. Yeah. Oh no, me sad now. That 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 was my internal monologue <laughs> at the time when I when I watched when I watched an American tale. Um but but you know what I mean? Like that's the kind of framing of the story that really works and really grabs your emotional um your your emotional crutch, I suppose. Almost. Yeah, this this is the adult version of an American tale. And I, I don't mean <laughs> the, exactly. uh, adult as an adult. I mean as an it's for adults. Triple X. Yeah. <laughs> Triple X. Triple the X return of five all cage. There's no good way to say that, is there? It's like when a children's book author has written a book for adults, and you, like I used to say this when I in my my previous life when I worked in publishing, I'd be like, oh yeah, it's I worked on their first adult novel. It's like no first novel for adults, but that sounds clumsy, doesn't it? Yeah, it do, it does sound clumsy because also when you say their first adult novel, you either think, oh yeah, they've been writing some Mills and Boone stuff, yeah, or that previously everything they wrote was when they were nine years old and this is the first one they've written since they turned 21 <laughs> yeah there's no good way it's to their say big it. boy novel yeah their big boys novel um, <laughs> endorsed by this show endorsed by this show we endorse every, every large adult son's book yeah, that ever comes out i hadn't made that connection but now that that's in my head i will forever think of this film as the adult oriented version <laughs> of an american tale just imagine John Cusack with a pair of mouse ears yeah. on his head. So what happens is John Cusack, um, he emigrates to America from Russia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then they made a weird sequel where he was a cowboy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a weird one. Has John Cusack ever played a cowboy in a film? He must have done. Are you Googling John Cusack cowboy? I'm just, I'm just Googling John Cusack cowboy. I know that he has played um Edgar Allan Poe was Edgar Allan Poe a cowboy <laughs> yes the goth cowboy quoth the cowboy the never more <laughs> okay right we might have one here we might have one here in in serendipity his character's favorite film is cool hand Luke isn't that a cowboy movie um no it's about a man with a really cold hand oh yeah yeah that does he sound like a really highbrow film Sorry, I, I talked over you. No, it's a, you it's a prison. It's a prison movie. You're not far off in terms of those kind of subgenres, right? Um, he's um, he, he's a he's a he's it's a Paul Newman movie where he's like the the rebellious prisoner right. kind of person. He's like, I won't abide by your systems, man. Um, it's cool. It's cool. It's a good film. I'm just it's looking at. I'm not sure why there'd be a massive poster for it in the 1990s. No, I'm just looking at the film 2012, in which his character is called Jackson Curtis, which is almost 50 Cent's <laughs> real name. <laughs> That's incredible. They should have made that part of the script in the movie. Yeah, it's like, hey, I thought you were 50 Cent. It was basically the movie version of that 50 Cent video game where he says, "Bitch took my skull." Which we, we spent ages um, talking about a few 50, episodes ago. 50 cent, we, we did. We probably shouldn't recap the 50 Cent video game no. universe again. That's out there if you want to find it. Guys, it's, it's incredible. So, so John Cusack is in a TV movie called The Jack Bull, 
whether it says after being wrongfully denied justice a horse trade a horse not a horse trader a horse a horse trader seeks his own justice on a treacherous rancher the jack bull so it's clearly a tv movie it's also got john goodman in it oh okay um it does have john c mcginley as well um miranda otto aka Eowyn. oh yes that's from right lord of the rings um, and also um, L.Q. Jones, who turns up in all sorts of uh, like Western movies, and he was in The Mask of Zorro and everything like that. Ugh. So, um, yeah, he turns up in those kind of films a lot. So seems like it's got a good cast for a TV movie. I wonder if it is any good. Yeah. And then more recently, um, he was in a movie called Never Grow Old, uh, which came out in 2019. An Irish undertaker profits when outlaws take over a peaceful American frontier town, but his family comes under threat as the death toll rises. Sounds like Taffin, also starring but with Cowboys. Emil Hirsch. Yeah. <laughs> Which is what more what more could you want from a movie than Taffin but with Cowboys? Yeah, sounds great. Um Yeah, so that that sounds good. So he has been a cowboy. So one of those movies is now officially the sequel to Serendipity. <laughs> Proof that John Cusack could do anything. Right, and 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 that's something I wanted to talk about today. Actually, is that John Cusack is an underrated actor. Yeah, I totally agree. He's people kind of see him as being a bit like typecast as a particular role, but I think the way to think about it is that he's got a really particular way of doing things, which brings a certain energy and quality to a movie. And I think actually that's a f- a far more enjoyable thing as a movie star than the kind of method acting bullshit where people are like now i've transformed into a total dick <laughs> by sending people dead birds in the post and things like naming that. Like, no, no names jared leto <laughs> exactly um so when you when you think of john cusack you think of a particular kind of sort of wild card performance of this energy and this you're not sure what's going to happen next don't you i think energy Where... is the right word i think what you're you're hitting on there is that people often confuse having a good and engaging energy that they bring to every film with acting the same in every film which is not the same and i think that is the thing that exactly. nicholas cage is yeah. often accused of as well isn't it and keanu reeves is another one yes where where people always accuse them of doing the same thing in every movie and being being acting the same way all the time but actually they all have their distinct personality and energy that they bring to it, which then can be used effectively in the role if the director knows what they're doing or can be very not effective if they don't know what they're doing. Exactly. And I, I think it's easy to think, oh, well, here's Kuzak playing a character that's not that like, because it's the same energy that he has in High Fidelity, that it's the same kind of character. It's not, is it? It's completely different. No. But it, yeah, I can see how it feels that way and looks that way to a lot of people. Yeah, and when you think of um, the the movie that I was going to pick next was Gross Point Blank, for instance. Oh yes, yeah, which is a wonderful film, really great. Um, but but you think about, you know, that's a very very different film and a very very different performance from the likes of Serendipity. Or when you think about um, stuff like Say Anything from the eighties. Yeah, we did that, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. He, he's he's far more varied than people than people think. Yeah and he's young and angsty and say anything and in this he's a guy in his 30s like us (laughs) he's like us just like us he's a guy our age Um, getting married or not and then of course we've got stuff like hot tub time machine i've still not seen it um we've got him in the raven where he plays literally edgar Allan poe what more can you want that is awesome um but then also you know the the he's done the odd horror movie here and there like um Mm. 1408 for instance which is a great little film um which i don't know have, have you seen 1408? no never seen that um so i think it's based on a stephen king um and it's he's a paranormal investigator who goes around to haunted locations and he's at a hotel um where they've got one particular haunted room and he goes to investigate and strange things happen Oh, cool. Um, and it's a really sort of claustrophobic performance because it's basically just him and Samuel L. Jackson as the two real actors in the movie. Um, and basically all of it takes place in the hotel room. 
So it's really there's a really interesting movie. And again, you know, you're not you you couldn't give a role like that to a bad actor and have it succeed. It very much relies on the performance of the individual and that movie is so incredibly carried by John Cusack because of that. Yeah. You couldn't give that role to Vin Diesel. I will not hear a bad word about <laughs> Vinny Boy. Nah, he could put it off. Riddick is an all time great character. But you couldn't the give that, for instance, <laughs> for instance, you couldn't give that to The Rock, for instance. No. You know, no no disrespect to The Rock, or maybe a little bit of disrespect to The Rock. but Very small amount of disrespect. Yeah, he's a charismatic action movie actor. And that's The Rock necessarily... energy, isn't it? That That's the same thing, isn't it? Yeah, but then, then equally, he maybe doesn't have the acting versatility to be able to pull something like that off no the rock in serendipity wouldn't work would it whereas nicholas cage in 1408 would work nicholas cage yes. in serendipity would work yeah and to be fair to nicholas cage if we joke about him but his performance in even something like moonstruck which is a little bit oh, more yeah. on the goofy side he is he can do a really good romantic lead can't he he can he can absolutely um and that's what i mean is you give these people who a typecast or who are seen as being very specific actors they do actually really when you get down to it have that versatility of performances so basically what i'm saying is give john cusack more jobs doing good stuff we like john cusack he's good we do and 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 give joan cusack more stuff as well she's great absolutely her performance in school of rock is honestly one of the most iconic performances ever committed to film i genuinely Love that movie. And not enough people talk about it as being good. It's it's still one that me and my parents quote to each other all the time. It's it's amazing. It's it's um If I, ever I, anyone sometimes... is ill, you can always in my family you can always say, Have you got stick it to the man neosis? <laughs> That's beautiful. Um every so often I still get the if you you're not hardcore unless you live hardcore, so I'm <laughs> stuck in my head. <laughs> That's so good. And the legend of the rent was way hardcore. hardcore. (laughs) It's so good. It was a great movie. The the only film that Richard Linklater directed but did not write. And it's all all the better for it, in my opinion. If if he wrote it, it would be twice as long, wouldn't it? (laughs) It would just be Jack Black walking into rooms and saying things. (laughs) It would would follow... 90% of the movie would be Jack Black's failed former band. Oh, jeez, yeah. Then at the end, it would just be, um, it would just be um, School of Rock. Yep. <laughs> yeah. No, it's 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 a great movie. Who who doesn't love School of Rock? Honestly? It's so uplifting and funny and silly and lighthearted and just a proper proper lovely family friendly goof. I can't wait to show that to my kids when they're old enough. Actually, I can't believe that he did that the same. Or, or he must have been making it the same year that he did Before Sunset. Yeah, around the same time. Just so such different, such different movies. Um. Anyway, serendipity. So, if your name's Kuzak, you're good. There's other yeah. Kuzaks, aren't there as well? Yeah. So his um his dad, their dad, was a director, I think. Um, Dick Kuzak, screenwriter, or something like that. Actor, filmmaker, and documentarist. It says here. Ah, okay, excellent. Um, and then uh, you've got Anne Kuzak, who is also an actor, I think. Yes. Um, but I don't I don't know her stuff as well. Me neither, but John Cusack is great. And in, yes. in this, it's a very, very good romantic lead performance, isn't it? And I, I think his performance... I mean, Kate Beckinsale is really good too, and I think they have chemistry and the whole... Both of their performances really carry the film, don't they? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so you've got that Cusack energy, but like you said, you've also then got Kate Beckinsale, who, you know, is possibly someone who doesn't get a fair whack of the stick either. Not just a vampire hunter. My favourite ju- vampire and, hunter. Let's see. And and that's the thing. Is she's killed a Dracula. She she's killed many many a, a group of vampires before. Multiple Draculas have been slain. Um, but that's the thing is that when, when people think of, of Kate Beckinsale, the the thing that often does spring to mind is is Underworld 
and that series of vampire movies, or maybe Van Helsing, if you're a weird freak like me who loves that stuff. <laughs> Van Helsing's great. I love oh, Van Helsing. Such a good, such a good movie. Completely. And I underrated. loved Underworld as well. I remember going to yeah. see that in the cinema in Crawley on a weekend from school. Yeah, maybe you it's... you might have been there at the same time. <laughs> Probably was, yeah. Um, or the the not very good Total Recall remake that she was in. Oh, I haven't seen um, that. But but she's done loads of really interesting, varied stuff over the years as well, and I think deserves deserves more than she's had. Absolutely. In terms of, in terms of her reputation, um, I think is is it, I, I think her quality of acting is better than maybe people give her credit for so again i think it's a bit unfair that she's kind of been given the vampire brush and that's it 100 percent. and in this she's she's really good i think yeah yeah absolutely absolutely um really charismatic um really um engaging performance and this is a movie where Oftentimes when we talk about romantic comedies, we talk about how often the male lead is given all the agency and the female lead is kind of left in a passive role, and that can often drag them down. But here, they both have that same amount of activity because they're basically running parallel storylines to one another. Yeah. And if anything, she sort of acts upon it before him in the timeline, doesn't it? She flies out to New York first. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And also... Here's the sticking point in this movie for me. So maybe we should do a bit of a a bit of a story recap for people who haven't seen Serendipity yep. yet. Um, these two people, John Cusack and Kate Beckinsale, they um, they have a, a a chance meeting in a department store where they're both looking to buy the same pair of black gloves, and um, they hit it off. They instantly have chemistry. They go for a drink at a. a, a a cafe called serendipity and um but they both have partners and they don't quite um they don't quite get together oh really sorry the cat is shouting at me bear with me one moment (laughs) that's part of the um, that's part of the film's plot by the way john kuzak has to go and shout at a cat that's my favorite part of the film He's going, oh, here comes the cat. He's shouting. Here comes the dog. He's shouting. That's also serendipity. Both animals are shouting. I don't know what I'm saying. Serendipity. I'm just going to sing it. Serendipity. Hello. Sorry about that. Okay. Yes, the cat had thrown up all her dinner and was meowing to let me know that she wanted oh, no. dinner. It's fine. She she was she okay. Yeah, no, she was literally just like, "Where's my dinner? I'm hungry now. Give me more dinner." So she's okay. All right, glad to hear it. The joy, the joys of the joys of having a cat. So sorry. Yeah, I had to go and clean that up. Um, <laughs> Lovely. Anyway, where where was I? So, um, so so these two people, they they have this uh, serendipitous meeting. A meet cute, and a meet cute. Um, and they clearly immediately have chemistry, but they both have partners, and they um, they decide if if it's meant to be fate, then they'll just do what um, what is meant to what is meant to happen. Cat, can you stop that? If you can hear a noise in the background, the cat who I've now let sit in with me because I feel bad for her is sitting there ripping up paper on the floor. <laughs> Is it important paper? No, I think it's a bit of leftover wrapping paper from Christmas. Um, anyone else who has cats who's listening, does anyone else's cat do this? <laughs> she she, um, she is literally just sitting there ripping it up. She doesn't eat it. She just enjoys ripping it up and then leaving a mess behind. Um, it's very strange behaviour, almost like what a dog would do. I don't know if anyone else's cats do it. But um, but yeah, she does. <laughs> anyway, sorry if you can hear that in the background. Um, but they decide if it's going to be fate, then we will eventually um, we will eventually meet each other again. So writing the name and uh, and number in a book, or um, writing it on the back of a a, a five dollar bill, um, and then we're nine years later. The next we know, um, where she is with one of the worst musicians I've ever heard in my life. Um, 
and uh, which I think is it's fair to say, isn't it? The uh, oh, have you gone? Hello, can you hear me now? Can yes, I can hear, hear me. You. Hello. Yes, there we go. Sorry, my interface decided to crash and stop working. That's uh, helpful. This is a this is a cursed episode between cats throwing up and it not working to begin with, and then your interface <laughs> deciding to stop working. It's because we we talked we said the word Dracula too much. <laughs> Alternatively, it's serendipity, and this uh, this episode yeah, is yeah. never meant to be heard. Yes, it is. So you you must have recorded yourself <laughs> cutting probably halfway through the plot while I was off while I was offline. How far did you Poss- get? Poss- possibly. Spoiler Let alert. me let's let's just start with. They've had their meeting, and then nine years later, we we end up in the movie, don't we? It is nine years, I think, or seven something years, like or that. something like that. Editing this um, is going to be a fucking nightmare. <laughs> Very sorry. <laughs> um, and then, um, and then, what happens is um, he's about to get married. She's with possibly the worst musician in the world, but the best character in the film. But the best character in the film, Lars Trudy from Brin. Frozen. Lars from Frozen. <laughs> um, he plays this sort of new age um, jazz funk fusion music. Um, on, is it an somehow, oboe or a coronglay? An, an, an yeah. oboe, yeah. Um, and somehow this is like the biggest thing in the world and he's really popular and he's doing world tours and things like that. Um, in 2001 it's, it's, that was possible. Incredible. <laughs> yeah, these days, no chance. He'd be out on um, his ass. But it's 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 a it's 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 brilliant. Um, his character is amazing. It's John Corbett who is um, the main man from my big fat Greek wedding, and the dad in to all the boys I loved before, and just generally also another guy who just doesn't get enough airtime. Who also absolutely doesn't get enough doesn't get enough um, love in movies, um, and he's he's fantastic in this. Um, and you, the point that I was making before all of these delays and everything is that you can tell that that relationship isn't quite right and is is awkward and he doesn't maybe give enough care to her and she maybe doesn't get everything that he's about and so you can think okay yeah this isn't the perfect relationship where this movie i think struggles a little bit is that um bridget moynihan's character um is um is the fiance of john cusack and she seems like a thoroughly nice, yeah. lovely human being. And there doesn't necessarily seem to be anything wrong with their relationship. And they seem to be quite compatible. And the only thing is that John Cusack's character is getting cold feet about getting married and is thinking about this person who he met for one evening nine years ago. Yeah, but um, I, I think it, that is the film's perhaps an, perhaps an attempt to make it a bit more complex and nuanced and make it not just a happily ever after yeah. necessarily. And it does re- mean that it has real emotional impact when she does get hurt by him. Yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 I agree that that's, the, that's what they're going for, but f- it just feels mean. Yeah, it <laughs> does. Maybe, maybe, I didn't, maybe I didn't want that in a movie about fate and serendipity is that is that meanness and that sadness you wanted it to be a bit um, cleaner yeah 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 which i think you know that's partly my my failing as a viewer is is um is wanting it to be a little bit cleaner than than it necessarily was um, but would, yeah, would that have made it like... too cheesy would that have made it feel cheap i think the i think going into writing something like this it's you you worry about being accused of being cheap don't you because these kind of like amazing coincidences or whatever people probably just think oh well that would never happen in real life so that's just silly yeah i, th- I think there's there's something to that but i think they could still have had some friction in their relationship of some sort but it didn't feel as though there was any genuine friction there no she's she's Um, just kind of there yeah and i think maybe some of it is that her character doesn't necessarily have that personality that um that the other key characters in this movie have they should have made her a ridiculous jazz musician as well and then she could have gotten (laughs) together with john corbett yeah they should have turned it into a netflix christmas special where the other two end up getting together at the end um but 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 maybe that if there was some kind of friction between them where you could tell that there was something that was slightly jarring between the two of them or or something like that 
or or giving her character some kind of edge rather than because we don't really know anything about her apart from that she loves John Cusack and for nine years or for however long they've been together he's loved her yeah it's and what they did was instead of investing in that they invested in the kind of best man bro character instead didn't they you can't have both yeah yeah that that that's where they put it and unfortunately played by an asshole um worth noting um, now jeremy piven let's let's hold on that for a minute a minute i was convinced he was british because that does not sound like an american name does it <laughs> Jeremy, Jeremy Piven, Piven. Is the most that English sounds like your secondary school biology teacher, doesn't it? Like, <laughs> I'm Mr. Piven, and today we're going to be looking at frogs. Ex- exactly, yeah. So I was, I was like, hang on, he's that's who he is. He's an American guy. You know, it's one of those ones where you know the name, but you can't actually remember who it is. It was like that, and I was like, what? So that that kind of confused me throughout the entire film. Every time he was on screen, I was like, who are you? <laughs> exactly exactly has he done um, bad things i didn't know so um sexual assault allegations ah, basically he's a bad man so yeah we're not a fan of him he can go f himself to quote charlie from always sunny in philadelphia um, and in this film he was kind of annoying and, and in this movie he is kind of annoying as well um so um yeah so so no 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 love lost there for us with him his character is just kind of there and what they could have had is john cusack doing it with eugene levy if you needed a sidekick they could have really played into the grumpy um eugene levy's incredible as this grumpy um worker at the department store oh yeah and then like he starts to get him on side and then eugene levy against his will starts to get invested in it that would have been so good i would have loved that that would have been that's a whole other that would have been brilliant you (laughs) yeah you don't you don't need you don't need um uh, substitute math teacher in this film whatsoever they could have had it as that and then you could have added some more elements of actually some subtlety and some depth to his relationship um with his fiance and also is, eugene levy is a genius who is watchable in anything in any capacity he's brilliant in literally everything so yeah i think i think that's may, maybe it's not that i wanted something completely clean cut and happy maybe it is just that i feel like her character needed more development for us to really get to grips with their relationship and why he would want to search for this this meet cute from however many years ago i think they were Maybe trying to make it like to give more of a male perspective i guess to be more like if a man was thinking this way he'd talk to his bro friend about about it right and then to be kind of light-hearted about that and to use that as a a way to inject some light-hearted bro humor into it yeah yeah i think that that's probably why they did it but equally he could have had Eugene Levy as his brother. Yeah, exactly. So Eugene Levy was there and very much kind of under underutilized in this film. You can always use more Eugene. Yeah. So yeah. Um so yeah, that maybe that's just my one my one thing that that kind of bugged me about this movie. But apart from that, I mean it is incredible, isn't it? Yeah, I think I think it's really good. It it feels I don't know if you could make this now. Like, if they tried to do this kind of meet cute in a new Netflix film, it probably wouldn't work. Everyone would be like, no one buys gloves anymore. They're all on TikTok instead. But you know what I mean? It's like. <laughs> no one goes out anymore. No one goes out anymore. But you know what I mean? It's like, because it's 2001, it feels classic, doesn't it? Yeah, I think. I think one of the issues is, and you touched on it, is there's a level of cynicism to romantic movies that maybe would let people not buy fully into this if it was made today when nowadays it's either the well that just happened eye roll cynicism nod and a wink or it's completely in the opposite direction and it's stuff like the netflix christmas movies which is entirely straight laced and soppy and it knows that it's garbage it's not trying to be good this film is trying trying to be be emotionally impactful and to genuinely tell a good story yeah exactly so this kind of romantic movie maybe doesn't get made anymore because everything's gone into one of those two camps where if you think about um what's the movie um where they um they try and set up their bosses oh what was that called the setup set it up set it up set it up is a great film 
but that very much is in that more cynical camp about love i was thinking of that film as a point of a, a modern comparison it doesn't it's not the same mm. setup but it is kind of along those lines and the how they would kind of try to do this now isn't it yeah and and so if they were going to try and do a, a remake of serendipity for instance um i think it would fall more into that cynicism category and i think they'd make more of the fate is a load of old nonsense which comes up as a discussion point multiple times in the film but it always treats it with an earnestness yeah that i think a modern movie maybe wouldn't but at the same time it's the right side of the cheese line isn't it it does it's not so cheesy that it's like oh it's like it's my all of these serendipitous things happen therefore it's the greatest love story ever told no like somebody does still get hurt there is still a lot of doubt there but there is still the kind of a belief in something some kind of you know some kind of fate or something and it it's non-specific it's kind of vague but that allows you to interpret it in your own way doesn't it yeah yeah absolutely and and so there is that nuance there isn't there to to this film yeah that um that 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 maybe is lacking a bit from romantic movies these days yeah back in my day we had nuance in our romantic i don't make them like they used to we had john cusack lying down in a roller rink as it snowed (laughs) and it was beautiful yeah. These days, it's all on TikTok and Instagram. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It is a nice moment at the end. Then there, isn't it? Oh, Where it's wonderful. It's snowing, and he's he's lying down on the rink, which no one would actually ever do. But it's genuinely quite a beautiful scene. Actually, is is this? This isn't a movie that is. It it's it's not badly directed or badly shot, but it's more competent meat and potatoes it's cromulent there are very few shots where you're like oh yeah that's an amazingly beautiful shot but that shot is one of them where and they use the, the least bad nick drake song at the end <laughs> the worst of the nicks yeah <laughs> you've got yeah there's three inside us all oh, there are three nicks you've got nick cave nick cage and nick drake <laughs> never let nick drake take control no just keep that little duck inside of you that's going to be my Jordan Peterson-esque masculine uh, self-help book. That's your book. The Three Nicks. The Three Nicks. Actually, get in touch with your publishing friends. Oh, I will, yeah. 100%, 100% someone's going to buy that. Genuinely, you could tell that. I reckon Three someone Nicks. would buy that. <laughs> 100%. Um, any, anyway, yeah, it's, it's genuinely, even though most of the time this film is, it's like I said, not a criticism of the direction. It's very meat and potatoes standard focus on the characters focus on the scenes rather than have that artistic flair to the direction but actually that scene right at the end is really powerful it's important to note that the director peter chelson went on to direct hannah montana the movie (laughs) i was going to bring that up um he's done he's done some varied stuff over the years um one thing that I meant to watch that I think we should 100% watch is he did a movie in uh, 2017 called The Space Between Us, which is about uh, the first human born on Mars goes to Earth and then falls in love with a with a girl on Earth. Yeah, sounds all right. Yeah, which sounds really, really fun and silly. Um, the guy is played by Asa Butterfield from... Um, uh what's it called sex education that's right um which is a really great show um so yeah that i I, i'm intrigued to watch that at some point because that that again sounds like a big boys movie a movie that we would come up with but this was before the trend of these silly movies being created because it was back in 2017 this was just when we were starting out when we were young pups yeah when we were fresh faced (laughs) when we when we were young non-cynical podcasters looking to change the world with our nonsense yep and I like to think in many ways each other every week. we've done that. You know, I <laughs> yeah, think if we, we hadn't done that, at- Adam Driver, Dinosaur Shooter, and <laughs> never have happened. Nicholas Cage, Francis Ford Cage's Dracula wouldn't exist. <laughs> Nicholas Cage is actually related to Francis Ford Coppola, isn't it? It's his yes, nephew or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nicholas Kim it, Coppola I, I think is his he, real name. I think he used Cage as a way to try and avoid being um a nepotism baby didn't he yeah yeah and nepo baby that's the hot trend isn't it for everyone calling it, it. Is. <laughs> yeah you know who the biggest nepo baby is john cusack <laughs> the king stephen king 
the, the king. Elvis. King Chuck. <laughs> no. <laughs> king Charles, yeah, L- yeah. Li- literally only king because of who his parents are. He's literally a giant baby. <laughs> boss baby. Yeah, he's the boss baby. That's what I, if I ever meet King Chuck, I can't call him King Charles because in my head he's Prince Charles, so I've got to have that separation and call him King Chuck. King Charles Entertainment Cheese. <laughs> King Charles Entertainment Cheese. If I ever meet him, I'll be like, hey, Boss Baby, how's it going? What up, Boss Baby? I, yeah. I, I wonder if he'd appreciate that. All right, Boss Baby. How you doing, mate? <laughs> nice cape, like Boss Baby. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Anyway, what was what were we talking about? I don't know. Serendipity. Um, it's a film, and it's good. It's good. It's a very two thousand and one film. There, are, I think, elements of it that are slightly dated, but it, it holds up pretty well. I think, and the performances are very engaging. And if you want kind of a nice romantic comedy that feels classic, you know, as a bit of a palate cleanser after watching probably watching lots of nonsense over the holidays, then you could do a lot worse than this film. I think. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, the writer, Mark Klein, um, has done some other good movies. Uh, he did um, A Good Year, which is... I don't know if we've watched that. That's, is that Russell Crowe? It's Russell, Russell Crowe Runs a Vineyard. <laughs> it, was, it, was the, it was the Russell Crowe-Ridley Scott reunion after Gladiator. That's right. And people were like, oh, they're going to make another movie together. I bet it's going to be epic. And instead it's just him chilling out in a French vineyard for for two hours um which is yeah it's, it's worth a watch if you haven't done it yet um but then he also wrote um mirror mirror the snow white movie that had um julia roberts in it and lily collins that looks awful yeah with um with uh arnie army hammer oh no as well not that guy um, i hate that guy <laughs> Which yeah is uh, which which looks and very. Didn't odd. he turn it's... out to be an actual cannibal? Well, like the song about Shia LaBeouf, but it's actually yeah, actual cannibal Arm and Hammer. I'll edit this out. Well, it was it was some um, some direct messages he'd been having with someone, wasn't it? Where he talked about wanting to literally eat their flesh. Oh right, yeah, yeah. Um, or maybe he's actually yeah. a Dracula. Maybe he is a Dracula. Perhaps that's what we must is. find him and drive a stake through his heart. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> anyway, is there is there anything else you want to say about? Um, no, I think we've covered it, haven't we? It's good. The score is very good, and the kind of the the soft and soulful pop that weaves its way in and out, where it's like you feel like it's songs that you feel like you should recognise, but you don't, and that always give that nice vibe, don't they? Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly it, isn't it? It's um, it's really it really works gel the movie together and helps you know pluck at the heartstrings a bit. Yeah. I also wrote down that John Cusack had terrible hair in this film. No offense. He's he's our good our good boy, but his hair was not great in this film. You didn't like his floppy hair? No, I wasn't sure about it. It looked like he hadn't oh. bothered to brush it. I think that's that's what they were going for. Yeah, I know. But it was too much. It's too much for me. <laughs> okay. I've got a bit of trivia for you. Alright. Um so they only filmed John Cusack and Kate Beckinsale only filmed a few days together during the shoot. Um, because of course they're hardly in any scenes together. Yeah, of course. Um, which is which is really interesting, and, and that's another reason why it's so great that they were able to show that chemistry in those few scenes that they were in together. Because actually they 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 weren't. Um, yeah, they they weren't um, they weren't in the movie all too much together in terms of the development of it, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, the other thing to note is I really liked how. You've got two characters. You've got Molly Shannon's character, mm. best friend of of Kate Beckinsale, and then um, the substitute maths teacher, both saying they should make pills for this. Yeah, <laughs> but in, in on the opposite circumstances, which I think, um, which I think is interesting. Yeah, and um, yeah, Molly Shannon was good as well. Oh yeah, yeah, always great, Molly Shannon, always worth it. Um, and and finally, um. Just wanted to highlight that Jennifer Aniston turned down the lead role. What? Which um, is apparently because she did so much romantic comedy in Friends that 
that she she didn't want to do one. She was saving it all for Along Came Polly. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh, well, she would have um, been good, but I I love Kate Beckinsale in this, and I think it's a nice pairing. Yeah, I think it's a good pairing too. I wouldn't I wouldn't replace either either of our, our leads here. I did have one other tiny nit to pick, which was just around privacy. And here comes the privacy concern clown. But like, you know, the, <laughs> Eugene Levy helps him to obtain her like private data. And like they're digging through for her like credit card records and stuff. And then like, there's a scene when Jeremy Piven rants at a guy about data protection, but in reverse being like, you have to give us her data because otherwise it'll be a surveillance state or some shit. You would never get away with that now. You couldn't make this film now for that reason, could you? And rightly so, obviously. But This movie would not pass GDPR. No. <laughs> so many GDPR breaches. The creators, the creators of this movie never did their mandatory GDPR training. Absolutely not. <laughs> how dare they yeah can't we've got to cancel serendipity for data breach well, we have to yeah otherwise the european the eu is going to fine us they're going to find <laughs> they're going to find john cusack and they're going to give him a big old fine slap it on his door yeah okay you've been <laughs> oh, served and- <laughs> anything anything else you want to say about um no i, I think that's covered it it's it's nice a nice sort of classic rom-com palette cleanser so get on it if you haven't seen it or even if you have yeah no well well worth a rewatch um definitely so um yeah get on it um and then yeah we're gonna watch your highness next week I'm which was not my initial very film, excited i had but, completely uh, <laughs> forgotten that that film existed <laughs> oh i'm glad well we'll see whether you'll still be glad um, about watching it. Well, yeah, I, I haven't seen it. I remember maybe it, yeah. seeing a trailer once, but <laughs> yeah, um, I, it's going to be going to be interesting. I'm intrigued because I only watched it the once, so it's going to be interesting to see whether it does actually hold up or whether it is not good and I just misremembered it. Like um, Love and Other Drugs. Oh, that film was awful. Yes, which I seem to remember from the cinema being far better. Terrible. Than it was so maybe it's maybe it's another example of that. We'll see. I don't know. It it looks like the right side of goof. I'm hoping it's gonna it's gonna be like Holmes and Watson, but we'll we'll see. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. That's what. I'm, if you don't see Danny McBride eating an onion raw, <laughs> yeah, then, uh, just chowing down, just crunching down on it, <laughs> then uh, then yeah. <laughs> no, I'm very excited, and it's great to be back talking to you again. I'm glad. I'm glad we're here. Yes, happy 2023. Happy 2023. So you know, just you know, be like us. Enjoy the enjoy yourself. Watch good watch good films. Watch bad films. Enjoy them. Watch the films that you like, and you know, use them as a way to escape and just to have a great time. And that's what we're going to guide you on. We're going to guide you on a journey in 2023 of just having a great time with silly films, mostly. Yes, that's the that, that's our thing. That's our thing. We're your guidance counsellors for <laughs> movies. Yep. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm very glad that we're here. <laughs> so there is a link in our show notes where you can give us money like a virtual tip jar. You can tweet us at bigboysdon'tpod. You can email us bigboysdon'tcrypodcast at gmail.com. And we will be back next week to talk about Your Highness. Alrighty. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.